Welcome to Nursing Uncharted, a space to explore the rawness, realness, and boundless possibilities of nursing. Each episode, I'm sitting down with nurses to share our experiences from the field and hope to bring you laughter and inspiration as you navigate this demanding yet fulfilling profession. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss a guest. And let's get started with this episode. What's up, everybody? This is Maggie Reichardt, and you are listening to Nursing Uncharted. Thank you so much for listening. And if you're here for the first time, welcome. If you are enjoying the podcast, please let us know and write an Apple review for us on Apple Podcasts. I'm sure that the more reviews we get, the more available the podcast is to listeners. So anywhere that you listen, please like and subscribe on YouTube or follow us on Instagram at Nursing Uncharted as well. We have a great episode for you guys today. Nursing Uncharted has allowed us to talk about a variety of different ways that we can use our nursing licenses and what better, more popular way to use this license than travel nursing. Am I right, fellow travelers? This episode, we are going to be getting into the travel nurse tricks of the trade. And I am here with fellow former traveler, Hannah Quirk, a neonatal ICU nurse and the owner of the blog Quirky Nurse to help me talk about just getting started as a traveler. Hannah has graduated from the Duquesne University School of Nursing in 2016. She began her nursing career at a level three hospital in Pittsburgh in their neonatal ICU and was there for two years before starting her journey as a travel nurse. Hannah traveled for three years, taking neonatal ICU assignments in California, Washington, Arizona, and Colorado. She documented her travels by creating a blog called Quirky Nurse, where she houses many travel nursing tips about getting started with traveling. She traveled with her boyfriend, Eric, who she actually met on an assignment. Hannah's travel journey has come full circle back to where it began in Pittsburgh, where she's recently taken a staff position. Hannah loves to hike, ski, spend time in the mountains, try new food, meet new friends. You can follow Hannah and Eric's travels on their Instagram, Roaming the States, and you can find Hannah's travel blog at thequirkynurse.net. So Hannah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, it's great. It's great to have you here. <laughs> Thanks so, so much for asking me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love your blog. I, I mean, and like all your photos on Instagram, like you've been to so many places. <laughs> Thank you. So have you. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's get right into it because I think we have a lot of ground to cover when it comes to, you know, tricks of the trade. Where do you think is a good place to start for people who are just thinking about the idea, you know, maybe they've heard about crazy high weekly rates and they're intrigued or, you know, maybe it's been in the back of their mind for a while, but they just don't know how to get started. Like where, in your opinion, is like a good place to start for those people? Yeah, I think that can be one of the most overwhelming things for a new travel nurse. Um, I think just starting out is like, there's so many different things that you need to check all the different boxes, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think the best way to get started is to check out like a website like Wanderly Nurses or Vivian and kind of just see what's out there, what pay packages are out there. Yeah. Um, because right now is the time to start, like you were saying, with those big pay packages and everything. Yeah. Like when I was traveling, I feel like I didn't really, 
I don't know if maybe traveling, I feel like traveling has become a lot more popular in the last few years. Like when I started, I started in 2017 and I mean, websites like Wanderly or Vivian, like I had never even heard of, I was just using, like, I think I used like word of, word of mouth. And I think I got started because there was a traveler on my permanent unit. Um, yeah. And she was the first, you know, I had never met another traveler before. And she was just very, I don't know, she would do her job and, you know, it's 12 hours and go home. And, you know, it seemed like she had so much flexibility and freedom. And I mean, I think, I think, well, I just, I used her trap. I'd used her recruiter. Yeah. Cause I, yeah, was I like, think if you have like another travel nurse that, you know, I think talking mm-hmm. to as many people as possible, getting as much information as possible. Yeah. Um, going on blogs, um, listening to podcasts, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I read a book before I started traveling because yes. I was like so overwhelmed with all the information. And I think it's hard to really understand like how it actually works. Mm-hmm. So I think just gathering all of that information, um, and it's never been easier. I, right before this mm-hmm. podcast, I was looking up like when did travel nursing actually start? And it was like in the seventies. Can That's you imagine? What, yeah, like- <laughs> I know. I, I remember I read a book too. Um, Highway hypodermics. Me too. Yeah. Is that the book? That's the one I read. Yeah. Yeah. No, I read that. Super helpful. I remember. I remember seeing that in that book, and then them being like, you know, I think it's yeah started, and I was like, that's crazy to me because I feel like I had just started hearing about it, like blowing up in the last few years. I feel like if you were a travel nurse in like the seventies or the eighties, I mean, where do you even hear about these jobs? First of all, because there's no like internet at this point. So I don't even know how they found out about it, but, um, and then you're driving across the country with no GPS and like, I don't don't even know how you would get started. So I feel like now it's easier than ever before. There's so many different resources. You just have to kind of go out and find them. Um, but yeah, just gathering that basic information and kind of figuring out, okay, like where, where am I interested in going and what, Mm -hmm. what jobs are even out there? Um, cause I think a lot of the time, I, at least like when I was starting out, I was like, I only want to go to San Diego. Like I was very set on a certain place, yeah. um, which I did end up getting, which I was lucky, but I think sometimes you don't get your first choice. Yeah. So I think it's really good to like, just be open, see what's out there and then get that state license. And that's like a really good place to start. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I remember from that book, there was one thing that stuck out in my mind when I, it was like a getting started portion of that book. And it was like, write out all of the reasons why you would be hesitant to start traveling and mm-hmm. then write out all the reasons, you know, that you want to do. It was kind of like a excerpt exercise that, you know, asks like, is this really something that I want to do? What, am what, like, can I anticipate being challenging, you know? Yeah. And I think mine at the time was, I was dating somebody that was going to have to be long distance, you know, and I was like going to be away from my family. A lot of times you travel on your own, you know, so like that can be scary. Like that, I think those are my challenges. And then obviously my, my advantages where this is something I've wanted to do for a really long time. Like I can make more money as a traveler than, you know, I could pay off loans. I can mm-hmm. see places I've never lit, you know, I can live somewhere instead of just like being a tourist for the weekend, you know? Yeah. I think, so, um, um, writing out the pros and cons list is 
a really good way to start out too. Um, and there's always going to be fears, I think. Yeah. I mean, I, I know I was really scared too, yeah. but I think if you're interested in it and you know that you already are interested in it, I think you just need to go for it because I think the only thing that ends up holding you back is your fear. Sure. And then I think once you actually conquer that fear, it's huge. We want to take a quick break from this episode to talk about the industry leader in travel nurse staffing, American Mobile, combining the largest network of facilities and providers in the country with top-level benefits like higher earning potential, premium health insurance, and 401k matching, American Mobile puts you in the driver's seat of your travel nursing career. Make sure to visit AmericanMobile.com today to discover a world of adventure with American Mobile. That's AmericanMobile.com, the first step towards your next travel nursing adventure. Most people that I know that are travelers, I mean, they... They love it. It's those first few weeks are really hard. I mean, because it's like completely different than any type of, you know, you're thrown into a brand new, you know, policy and environment and you don't know anybody else. And you don't know where anything is. (laughs) Yeah. You don't know where anything is. You don't know how to page a doctor. You don't know how to, you don't know the doctor's name. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's, there's a, it's a different phone. Like Mm -hmm. I remember, yeah, my first assignment, it was just, it was a brand new unit. And so it was like half travelers, half float pool and nobody knew what was going on. It was like, we and I mean just the blind leaving the blind. <laughs> yes, and so I <laughs> I just remember being so like I don't know how to do this, and then I like just kind of calmed. Uh, there was a pe- there was a moment where I was like, no, I can figure this out. Mm-hmm. Like I I this is I will be this will be fine because yeah. I know how to be a nurse. You know, like you that's that's the biggest thing you always have to remember. It's like the nursing like day to day, your rapport with patients, like your, you know, assessment skills, your communication skills, like all of that is the same. Yeah. You know, like I, like (laughs) I remember being like the first few days of an assignment, getting report from, from a nurse and like in your head kind of internally being like, okay, is that like really the policy or, you know, just getting kind of sidetracked with all of the things that you're worried about. And then you mm-hmm. go into the room and like my, my like spiel to the patient was like exactly the same. And that like would, you know, give me a little bit of confidence. Like, yes. Like I know how to do this. Like exactly. I will, I will figure it out. <laughs> yeah. I think like not focusing on those minor differences. Cause there will be differences, especially if mm-hmm. you've only worked at one place before you started traveling. Like that's what yeah. I did. Is that what you did too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think like you get taught a certain way. So in your head, you're like, Oh, this is, Correct. Yes. And then you go somewhere else and they, I don't know, like they don't check um, residual on a baby. They just, they just check placement and then you don't measure it or something. Like a lot of places are different with little things like that. And it's like, oh, well, where I came from, Mm -hmm. we did this. And it's like, just avoid that. Yeah. (laughs) Just avoid that and just be like, okay, like this is how you do it here. And like Mm -hmm. go with the flow and yeah, people will like you. Yeah. I think policy, policy, figuring out the policy is your best friend. Just like yes. figure out where, where is the link to the policy, you know, for this hospital? Like that yep. will, that will be your best friend. Like then you'll be fine. Exactly. But, 
sometimes, I mean, hospitals don't have those same, you know, setup, like structural setup. Then a lot of times you like depend on word of mouth of how to do something. But I mean, you just have to, I think like fostering relationships early on is probably really important in a travel assignment because then you are more comfortable like asking people for things and questions and like how to do this and definitely definitely yeah Mm. yeah I would always like become on my preceptor's good side because you get the two days of orientation yeah so then I would just make sure that you know they were someone I could depend on so because you're going to have questions two days of orientation is never enough to you're never going to know everything about a unit in two days like it's just not possible but what you can figure out is yeah where to find the policies where to find the equipment where's the Mm -hmm. crash car like what are the most important things? Mm-hmm. Um, and then everything else you can ask along the way. Mm-hmm. And I still ask questions. I mean, I would be, I would be somewhere for six months and I still had questions, you know? Yeah, so. absolutely. I remember my first assignment, like I said, it was half travelers, half flow pool. And so there was a new traveler coming on and I was orienting that traveler for the two days. It was hilarious because like, <laughs> I had traveling. been there. Yeah. It was like, I had been there for like, I don't know, a few weeks, <laughs> maybe. And she, but she had been traveling for like five to seven years, maybe at the time. So like, you know, nothing faced her. And she kind of taught me how to come into your assignment. Like she was like, okay, just show me where everything is, you know, like tell me where the supply room is and like, show me all of like, where are these things Mm -hmm. and like how to page a doctor. And, you know, she was very, she wasn't overwhelmed by it at all. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I mean that this, this, this is, you know, it makes sense. Yeah. I think the longer you do it, I mean, the more comfortable you are yeah. and you know exactly what to ask going into it. Yeah. That first assignment though, it can be very overwhelming. <laughs> what was your first assignment? Um, I was out in San Diego. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and I floated to a lot of different NICUs in the County. So, mm. um, and they, it was, it was a really good experience because it was like level two, three and four. So, and they were all different sizes and everything. So yeah. I think, um, it was actually a good place to do my first assignment because you got exposed to a lot of different yeah. places really fast, Kind of but I never worked with variety. the same people. Like every yeah. time I went to work, it was like, hi, I'm Hannah. <laughs> That's a hard, that's a hard one to start out in because like, not only are you like the first to float, but you're literally going to different hospitals like every day. Like they would call you and be like, Hey, you're going to go to this hospital today. Like that's, that's wild. Like, you know, two days of orientation is (laughs) you don't get two days at every hospital. You get two days where you get two days. Yeah. (laughs) Looking back, I'm like, that is kind of that's a lot to start, yeah. but I think I'd rather have done that first than get comfortable with like one place and then go to that. Then I think yeah. I would have been like, this isn't normal, but starting yeah. out there was, I think a good experience overall. Yeah. Yeah. I had to do that once I did it in Denver. I, um, oh, nice. they would, they would like send me to one hospital or another hospital. And like at first I, I was, you know, overwhelmed but then, you know, I mean, it was only the only, it was, I never went anywhere other than like two different units. So in a sense, it was just a matter of like driving to one versus the other, but I kind of like got an idea of how both places worked, but yeah. Yeah. How have you gone about, or how did, how did you start, um, 
about choosing a recruiter or an agency? Like where, where did you start and how did you, yeah. How did you go about that? I think that's overwhelming too. I remember in the book that we read the highway hybrid hypodermics book, they had a list of every single agency and I took notes and I wrote yeah, down every single I one. I did too. And I was like, I don't know. How do you know which one to go with? Um, so I think that can be overwhelming. I think like we said before, if you talk to a travel nurse that, um, that, you know, just mm-hmm. see who they're working with, see if they like their recruiter mm-hmm. and if they do get their name. Cause I think, I mean, I think there's some agencies that are obviously better than others, mm-hmm. but I think the most important thing is if you click with your recruiter, because yes. you want someone that's going to pick up the phone. If you need something, if you're in a situation where you need to ask them something or mm-hmm. cause they're your go-to person. Yeah. Um, so yeah, having, having a recruiter that you trust, I think is most important. So yeah, going through a travel nurse that, you know, um, I mean, I've gotten lucky too. I, yeah. I had a random recruiter that we ended up clicking with. So you just never know. Same. But I think if you're putting your information out there to tons of different agencies, it's just going to be too much. I would like see which agencies have the jobs that you're looking for and maybe yeah. the pay packages that you're looking for and then stick with a couple. Yeah. But be, at the same time, being open-minded, if another one pops up, that's your dream job. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of that fine line. I think that that's a good thing to point out is don't give your phone number out Mm-mm. to a bunch of agencies. No, <laughs> they will, they will harass you. you up. <laughs> they will blow you up. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I still get, I mean, I get texts like nonstop and I, I just, I mean, I should just text them back and be like, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm I know. permanent staff for now. You know, I should, meanwhile, I, we're just ignoring them. <laughs> <laughs> I do kind of like to know like what the, what the rates are though. I like get a kick mm-hmm. out of like, I'm like, Oh my God, like, you know, Oregon is paying 10 grand a week. Like, right. I know. Just, I still get the emails from Wanderly like every day probably. And I just torture myself cause I'm looking through and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I could make yeah five grand. <laughs> it really is and... torch. I mean, that's what it is. That's torture. And then like, you why look I, at your why paycheck am I doing this to myself? as a staff nurse and you're like, <laughs> Why did right. I stop traveling again? Yeah. Why? Why? What? Really? Am I doing this? Yeah. <laughs> I, Pros and cons to both, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I got um I got lucky with my recruiter too when I had a random you know we hit it off. I remember he was just starting out, and so I kind of felt like he. I think he was still like trying to build his nurse base. Yeah. And so I think he, he really like took a lot of, you know, he was really motivated to like establish a relationship with me and, and like, you know, all of our conversations were great. And, you know, he was always there. I got a lot of gifts Aww. <laughs> and there was like one time, I think he sent me a birthday card and it, he like had drawn the New York skyline on the birthday card because I wanted like my next assignment. We wanted to go to New York city. Oh. Uh, it was great. I didn't end up, I didn't end up using him. I think for more than one, because I think the rates weren't as good. And yeah. so, which was kind of a shame, but you know, sometimes I think my, in, in my experience that like recruiter that was younger, that was still trying to you know, build up their base. I felt like he really like would go to bat for me. Me too. Um, yeah. I feel like I had this, a similar experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, I remember, um, when I was in Phoenix, it was 
last winter, so it was right in the height of COVID and oh, everything. Mm -hmm. And they floated me to adults, which um, was terrifying for me just because <laughs> I don't really have that, that experience. I'm surprised that they can do that. Yeah, there's like different, you calculate everything differently. Like a whole different world. Yeah, it's a I whole mean, different world. You're an adult, I see you, right? Yeah. So that would be like you going to take care of a micropremie. I'd be mortified. Right? I'd be terrified. I, yeah. I'd be like, I don't want to touch this little What is this? Like, baby. what is a UV? What is a UA? You know? Yeah. But like, yeah, I don't, I don't know the lines for an adult and all the meds are, are completely different. And, mm -hmm. um, so they floated me there. And at first I thought I, w I was going to take an assignment or something. And I called my recruiter and I was like, is this okay? You know, like, or like, is this allowed or what should I do? And, and he basically, he walked me through everything and he answered and it was like 8 PM. So mm -hmm. just having someone in a situation like that, that you can reach out to and they're not annoyed and yeah. they're helpful and they have your back, you know? Yeah. And his answer was basically like, I'll support you, whatever you want to do. Um, which I loved that because it was awesome. like, I just knew that he was in my corner. Yeah. I feel like that was, that was really probably hard to find last yeah. year too. And it was because think of, you know, in their perspective, like being a recruiter, they are just getting complaints <laughs> at all, <laughs> all day, the time, all day. Like this is terrible. This, mm -hmm. this assignment is awful. My like ratios are awful. And like, just to have somebody that was like, I completely understand and I'll go to bat for you. And yeah, you know, that's, Oh, I'm glad that you had that. I had, I think I can't, I remember my assignment was, was not great during, during COVID. And I, or I remember complaining about something and I remember my, my recruiter being like, yeah, it's, I know it sucks that, but it wasn't a whole lot of like, it was kind of like, like they were exhausted, like hearing about all of, all of like the qualms and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. It's kind of a, having a good recruiter relationship will make or break an assignment sometimes. I think so. Hmm. I think so for sure. One of the biggest questions I would get from people who were just trying to understand how travel nursing works would be about housing. You know, mm -hmm. like, what do you do for housing? How do you find housing? How, well, in your experience, what did you do for housing? Like, what was the best way to find housing for you? I think the best and the cheapest ended up being Furnished Finder. Yeah. Which, for those of you who don't know, it's a website and it's for traveling healthcare professionals. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like Airbnb, but for longer term. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of the times the people that are renting it are nurses or were nurses or something in the field. So they mm -hmm. have like a soft spot and I feel like they give you better rates. They're, you know, they're trying to profit, but not like Airbnb rates, you know? Sure. Yeah. So I think that was the best. Um, I've done some through Zillow, some through Airbnb too, but yeah, I just getting a furnished place I think is huge. Some yeah. people try to furnish themselves and I'm like, that's too much for three months. Yeah. I have done that. I did that once, but I didn't furnish it myself. I, I went through court furniture and oh, okay. that, they just like would do a monthly, they like came in with all the furniture and it's like a monthly, it's kind of a lot. I think it was like 300 or 400 a month extra, like to furnish mm -hmm. out your place. But, and then like, that's always that. Yeah. It's hard because unfurnished places I feel like are normally not like month to month places either. So like yeah. you have to find a spot that's 
will take you month to month and then furnish it out. It was complicated. I've definitely, where did I've you used, do that? Like, I did that city? in Virginia around the okay. DC area. Um, yeah. Finding housing in furnished finder is great. Cause, cause it's almost always month to month. I feel like, yeah. cause it's like mostly travelers. But when you go out and look at, you know, like normal apartment rentals and stuff, a lot of times they, they're like bound by some contractual thing where they have to like, they increase the rates every time you like half a lease. So like six months is like X amount of dollars more than 12 Mm -hmm. months, three months is X amount more than six months. So it always just ended up being like astronomical to try to go through like a regular, you know, apartment rental place. It never ended up being worth it. Yeah. Yeah. For me anyway. (laughs) Yeah. But it's everyone's different and every place is different too, Mm -hmm. because I think I've been, I can't remember where it was, maybe Santa Rosa, California, where I couldn't find anything on furnished finder. So you kind of have to like try to find a different Avenue. Um, Yeah. Because some place, yeah, some like the major cities are going to have a lot more than Mm -hmm. outside of the city. Yeah. You got to get creative sometimes. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, we've, we did Facebook marketplace. Yeah. We did Facebook groups, like the gypsy nurse Facebook Mm -hmm. group sometimes. Yeah. Um, People will post and sometimes people will post like looking for a roommate. So that would be a way to save money too. Yeah. I lived with roommates a few times while I traveled. Were they other, were they travelers too? No, I lived with one lady in San Diego Mm -hmm. and she was a little bit older. She was like, like my mom's age, (laughs) but she was so sweet. She was kind of like my mom, you know, she's like my San Diego mom. (laughs) So it was cute. And it was like cheaper. Yeah. It's so, yeah. To be able to, you know, you know, save so much more. Yeah. I mean, it could be worth it if you're, if you're traveling alone, especially cause then you're not really alone. I mean, you have yeah. like somebody you have else somebody. you're living with. Yeah. And then you can ask them like where to go for fun and, um, yeah. you know, just the advice of a local and stuff is nice to have. Yeah. Better than being completely by yourself. I mean, depends. I think if you like that, I mean, some people mm-hmm. like to live alone, but yeah. I think when you're in a new city, um, it's nice to have a person for sure. Yeah. I think that if that's, if that's like a barrier to you, not starting travel nursing, then like finding us a, a place with other roommates. I mean, that would definitely, you know, you wouldn't be alone. You could figure out the area with somebody else. And then, yeah. you know, when you're on an assignment, there are other travelers there. Sometimes they're alone and then you can pick up and go to the same spot, you know, with exactly. that other traveler. Sometimes yeah. people do that all the time. Yeah. And then there's the MedVenture app out now. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. It's pretty cool. I mean, I wish I had it like three years ago, <laughs> but it's, um, it's kind of just like everything you would need, um, to, I don't know, to find friends during a travel assignment, or you can look up your hospital and see what the reviews are and who's worked there and what they have to say about it. Um, and then they That's host awesome. like meetups and stuff like that. So it's kind of like a social media app for travelers. I was going to say it's like rate my professor, but for yeah, travel exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but oh, that would be cool. a great way to like find a roommate too. Yeah. Medventure, you said? Medventure, yeah. Medventure. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I feel I travel nursing has blown up because I feel like there are so much more resources now mm-hmm. than there was, you know, 
I mean, I was unit, I was using furnished finder and like Facebook groups, like you said, and, and that was pretty much it. And I feel like word of mouth. Yeah. It's like, it really has blown up in the past couple of years. Everybody's leaving to travel. Yeah. I mean, because like, how can you blame people, you know, when you're permanent staff and like you see, you know, travel is coming in, making this much more than you are and doing the same job, you know, like it's fresh. Yeah. Right. Like, it's like, what do you have to lose? Especially when you're, you know, burned out, like looking for something else. Yeah. And you're in control of your own schedule. Like you can take an assignment and then take a month off if you want. Yeah. Um, request time off during your contract. Like if you want off for a week during Christmas, make sure it's in your contract. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I just feel like you're so flexible as a travel nurse. Yeah. Like I took off from February till a couple weeks ago. So. That's amazing. Yeah. That's ama- it's amazing how much freedom you can have for sure. Yeah. Let's talk about contracts because okay. travelers are contracted staff. You know, in my experience, I feel like I had a hard time vouching for what I needed sometimes. Like I'm yeah. not a haggler. <laughs> so like that would always be, you know, my husband would have to help me with that all the time. He would like be in my ear when I was like trying to, you know, negotiate contracts. Yeah. What do you think are some, you know, really important things to have in your contract? I think, um, just making sure that the pay that you agreed on is correct. Mm-hmm. Obviously that's kind of obvious, but yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, negotiating well, pay is kind of hard. Yeah. But and I, I think that that's, I mean, it's obvious to us, but some people don't realize like you, something that you verbally agreed on may not always make it make to it the actual into. contract. So like you do Absolutely. need to like you need read to it. read the yes. contracts. I guess that's like number one. You need to read, read it or contract. have your dad read it or your husband or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Have another person look at it with you. If you don't really know what you're looking at, like I didn't really know, yeah. <laughs> especially when I first started. Um, yeah. Pay. Um, I always put, like I said, um, like the dates that I wanted off during the contract mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, written down so that they couldn't mess with you um, Yeah, because you can't really break the contract. Um, and I would always ask for a week, whether it was over a holiday, um, or just a random week, Mm -hmm. um, just like a Wednesday to a Wednesday, um, so that I could still work a full week in the front end and the Mm -hmm. back end, um, Mm -hmm. floating policy. Like that's something I never really thought of to add until I got floated to adults. But if you're like a peds nurse and you don't want to float to adults, like you could ask to put it in your contract. Yeah. Um, especially if it's something that you talked about with the manager during the interview. For sure. Like I've talked about that in interviews, like, oh, where would I float if I had to float? And they would say like, oh, the PICU, the mm-hmm. CVICU, it's all peds, you know, yeah. or mother baby, something like that. And you would just do the babies. Um, so I would always ask, but then I just assumed, oh, so we're good. But yeah. I think having it in your contract, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. And I mean, honestly, if they have verbally said it, then they should, they, there should be no problem putting it in the contract. Exactly. Exactly. I got burned once. I, I think I had agreed to a day position and then I had signed the contract without, I, I just overlooked the, um, rotation requirement Mm. and I was working night, 10 days and I was like, (sighs) I, 
but I was bound. I had signed it. So then I, I think I went, I think I talked to the manager about it and I was like, if, I mean, if this is what you need, you know, I'm here to help out the unit, I guess that's fine. But I just like, we had talked about days. Right. And so I think, I think she had ended up maybe putting me on more days than nights, but like that, you know, I had nobody to blame, but myself, I didn't read the contract. Yeah. So you, yeah, yeah. definitely read the contract. Read. For sure. <laughs> Um, another thing I thought of is cancellation policy. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've ever gotten mm-hmm. like canceled. Um, but I worked at one unit that was like 10 beds. So we usually had oh. maybe five patients, sometimes mm-hmm. one <laughs> and they need what one nurse to take care of the baby. And then they would have one other nurse for an emergency. Yeah. So first cancel is travelers. Um, so I think just always putting that in your contract, like, mm-hmm. um, one time per two weeks or something like that so that you're not being canceled every single day. Yeah. Because what's the point? There's some, yeah, it's important to know what, what is in your contract in regards to canceling. Cause some people, some hospitals will never cancel travelers because mm-hmm. they assume that they're going to get paid regardless, but they um, actually yeah. don't know in the contracts a lot of times it says, you know, you can cancel a traveler like, you know, once every two weeks or, or something. Yeah. So I don't think I have ever gotten burned that way. I think that people just automatically assume that I'm going to have to get paid regardless. So they'll just, you know, float me wherever. I was always in larger, larger units, I feel like. So yeah, somebody needed me in the hospital. Exactly. <laughs> but, but yeah, they... I do have friends that, you know, they would just cancel them whenever their contract allowed them to be canceled. Yeah. Like, you know, that's, and usually I think you have to work the full 36 hours a week to even get your stipend. Yeah. So yeah. Especially if your hourly is like super low, like if you're making $20 an hour, Mm -hmm. but you miss out on your stipend, that's a huge chunk of money that you're missing out on. So yeah. Yeah, I think it's important to cover yourself that way. Mm-hmm. For sure. Also, I think that if you're traveling, if you are staying at home on the ta- on the off days that you're not working, you can also ask in the contract to be um, to work like three in a row or something mm-hmm. like that. That you can negotiate that in your contract sometimes, yeah. like. You know, I, I knew a woman who I think lived in like South Carolina or something and she would drive five hours North to do her assignments. She would stay in a hotel for three days and then she would go home. And like, I think it was in her assign and it was in her contract to, you know, block her schedule yeah. so that she could do that. Cause I think she had kids and right. You know, so I think if you, if you're curious or if you feel like you, if there's something that you might potentially need, like there's no harm in asking to put it in the contract ever. Mm-hmm. Worst they can do is say no. Yeah. And if they want you, they'll do whatever they need to, you know, right. make sure yeah. you can stay. And yeah. Cause a lot, I mean, a lot of times I feel like travelers, there is such a shortage, you know, like you do have an upper hand, you have some negotiating power, I guess. Is yeah. What I want to say. Yeah. As long as it's nothing ridiculous. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I think 
if it's fair. I, I want every holiday off. You know, it's right. like, yeah. you're there yeah. around the holidays to help out the you unit. You should work a holiday, <laughs> do you your like, part. Yeah. But I think also, you know, maybe request one off. Make sure mm-hmm. that, like, I've done the week around Christmas and make sure I have the whole week off because mm-hmm. if I say I'm off Christmas, then they'll put me on Christmas Eve or something, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, cool. just to make sure that you have that off, but then be like, but I'll work New Year's. Mm-hmm. You know, and have yeah. that in your contract. Yeah. yeah so it's fair. Yeah. And you're not being taken advantage of. Right. Because right. they will, you know. Yeah. You need to negotiate, right? You yeah. You need to vouch for yourself. We kind of, we started talking a little bit about interviews um, mm-hmm. briefly. So let's talk about interviews as a traveler. I feel like travel interviews are unique in the sense that you kind of know going into that interview that they probably have already decided to hire you. Yeah. You know, like normally when you're interested in a job, there's like a lot of competition and you have to sell yourself, but like national shortage of inpatient nurses, like you probably have it in the bag. So there's, I don't know, there's, there's a little bit of like, you know, you're asking the manager more questions than they so much like they have your resume already, you know? So what, what, have in your experiences been some good questions to ask a nurse manager during like that interview? Yeah. I think asking them about like how many beds are on the unit, what's the Mm -hmm. acuity like, what would your expectations be of me? Mm -hmm. Um, I guess just for me specifically for like a NICU nurse, I always ask, do I have to go to deliveries? Cause that's something I don't, have experienced it. I mean, I've been, but mm. that's not something that I feel comfortable going and resuscitating a 23 weeker and <laughs> bringing it back. Um, so I think just knowing, yeah, do I have to go to deliveries? Mm-hmm. Well, how much will I be floating? Um, yeah, float is policy. it nights or days? Do I get to self schedule? Because if it's a night position and they're just putting you on wherever you're needed, you'll end up working like every other night on off. Yeah. And it'll be terrible. Mm -hmm. So I think making sure you have a clear understanding of what your schedule will look like there, Mm -hmm. the cancellation policy. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I think before, before COVID I used to ask, um, like what the underlying need for a traveler was because you can kind of get a sense of like what the unit is going through before you even get there. Like, is it a brand new unit? Is it just a busy, really busy unit with a low retention rate? You know, are they going through like EMR conversion? Did five people just go on maternity leave? Like, you know, you could kind of just get, you could get a little sense of like what you're going into before. Like, and you could kind of, sometimes I would ask that question. Sometimes I wouldn't. Like, I think sometimes you kind of get like, okay, this is just a very busy unit and they don't have their stuff together and that's yeah. kind of going in there. But sometimes <laughs> it would be like a really great unit. I'm like, hmm, I wonder why they, you know, why they need a traveler. And so it was, it was helpful to like, just get prepared. That is a good question. Mm-hmm. I think it's a totally different vibe if it's like, oh, you're covering for someone on maternity leave versus... <laughs> We're overflowing with <laughs> right. COVID patients or yeah. whatever it is, yeah. you know? Well, and it was, like I said, it was before, because, like, now it's like, okay, COVID. Right. It's <laughs> kind of obvious. COVID. That's why. For, a, for adult nursing anyway, it's kind of obvious. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. One thing to not ask the 
manager in your interview is about pay. Mm. I think that's like something that you sh- we should point out. Like true, it's that pay is not a negotiable thing by your manager, and it's just going to make you look weird if you yes. ask about pay because you're. It's the agency that is like facilitating agency and like the hospital itself decides what they're going to pay for travelers. So yeah. like, don't talk about pay with your manager because no. they don't really even know. Like, I mean, I think they, they know what they're paying their travelers, but I don't think they have any leverage over. Yeah. Because it, yeah, it's just weird with the hourly, hourly rate and the housing stipend. Mm-hmm. So they maybe know the hourly rate, but I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, you negotiate it with your recruiter probably mm-hmm. before you even interview. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing about just like avoiding, avoid trying to get the same job with two recruiters. Mm-hmm. I think that makes you look, it's confusing and frustrating to the manager because you'll come in as two separate resumes and it just looks bad on you. You probably won't get that assignment. And it just, and then like, I think you're, I don't know if the agencies like know that as well. It just like looks bad on all accounts. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. like I heard you get like blacklisted from I, a hospital. Yeah. I don't know if that's true, but I think it's just really bad. I mean, not worth the <laughs> risk. Just yeah. Just go yeah. with the one. <laughs> not not worth the risk, yeah. Yeah. But sometimes I mean with interviews sometimes you'll have an interview, sometimes you won't even have an interview. Like yeah. I think just depending on what the need is, like I've had situations where they like they see my resume and I got accepted and I'm like, "Can I talk to the manager first? Yeah. Can I just like see what I'm getting questions. into?" <laughs> yeah. Like I would like to know what. You yeah. Know. That's what I'm saying about like leverage. You do have a little bit of like, you know, like, "Okay, I understand that you need me, but like I don't want to work for, yeah. you know, run around working with eight <laughs> patients." Like It's like a compliment. They're like, "Oh, resume looks great." You're hired. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Why am I hired <laughs> so quickly? Down, slow down. <laughs> Something is wrong here. Yeah. Or have you ever done like the automated interviews, like the voicemail um, interviews? <laughs> hate those. Yes. Yeah. Yes. They, yeah, I remember. I think, so yeah, you have, there's some places that will do automated interviews. So like beforehand, you, you just get a prompt, you know, and you leave a voicemail essentially it's like two minutes long about the prompt normally it's like i can't even i don't know if i even remember what makes you a good team member what do you bring to a unit or something like that yeah it's like tell me a time where you were stressed (laughs) and how did you deal with it you know and you have to like pull some story out of your butt about yeah you know it's nice when your recruiter will tell you those questions beforehand and then you can kind of like prepare and yeah. I would like take notes on it. But the first time I did it, I was going into it blind and then they, it beeps and then you're expected to just have an answer right away. And I'm like, I don't know. And I think I scored really bad on it. But then the second time I did it, I had my answers like prepared and yeah. then I got like a really good grade on it or whatever. Cause they yeah. grade you, which is weird. <laughs> I think they end up like using the same software or something. It's like very generalized because I got the same question over and over and over again, like every yeah. different assignment I would <laughs> apply for. So I knew too, I would like, I you knew, knew your my, answer. Yeah. I knew my answer. <laughs> I like knew, you know, the story that I was going to tell in yeah. like a two minute time slot. I got like a tight 60 seconds. <laughs> yeah. It's like a slightly exaggerated story that happened to you one time. This is perfect. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, and, and it works. So some, it yeah, sometimes you'll get those too. Yeah. So. 
A question that I used to get all the time, um, and I still do, is what was your favorite place to go? Mm. But I feel like a better question might be, like, what assignments, if any, almost made you stay and Mm why? Oh, my gosh. I feel so lucky because I loved everywhere that I went. But I think my favorite place was Seattle just because Mm. I fit in there. Like, I love the mountains and that hiking. Yeah. It's just so beautiful there. Um, So I would definitely go back and Mm. live there. Um, I loved Santa Barbara too. Um, and that was kind of like a pleasant surprise because of course, like I've always heard about Santa Barbara. I knew it was on the coast, but I didn't know exactly where there's a lot of Santas. Yeah. (laughs) So I was like, I don't know which one this is, but it sounds good. And I kind of just ended up there, um, because my contract in Denver ended up getting canceled, Mm. um, in March last Last year due to COVID. Yeah. 20, whatever, Mm. whenever COVID started. Yeah. How, how many years has it been? Has I have no it. idea. <laughs> it's right been now. 10 years. Um, feels like it. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I got canceled in Denver. was kind of scrambling to find a place. Found this Santa Barbara job. I was like, sounds great. I still have my California license. Mm-hmm. Ended up there and stayed for six months. And I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. I, it was like a great hospital. It was a great place to work. Um, but also just a great place to live and just biking to the beach and being able to be outside and that sounds um, amazing yeah it was it was awesome i just went to santa barbara for the first time in seattle for the first time actually back oh, in nice. april i had taken off i think my last i was still a traveler and i had two weeks off um my husband and I were supposed to have our wedding reception in April and then we ended up rescheduling to this coming November. But I had like two weeks off and I was like, well, we'll just, why don't we just like take a trip? And we ended up going from San Diego to Seattle. We like drove up the coast. That's awesome. Um, It was great. And Santa Barbara was beautiful. We went to the botanical gardens there. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh my God. It was just like, it was just out of a storybook. It was so pretty. Yeah. So and gorgeous. Love, like, and all like flowers. the Spanish style, like, yeah. you know, like the red roofs and everything. Yeah. It's so nice. Yeah. Mm. Always then, like, nice weather. Yeah. The weather. I just... love like the mountains behind the town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just so picturesque. It's beautiful. Oh, that's, uh, that's awesome. Is there any, like, units that you remember that stick out in your mind? Like, you know, I could have seen myself stay because of the unit itself. I think that unit was my favorite Hmm. there, yeah. Um, I liked it because um, it was a level three, which is where I come from. Mm -hmm. And for the listeners that don't really know NICU, level four in NICU is the highest acuity. So the level four is more like surgical babies, a lot of like older babies, um, ECMO, things like that. Mm -hmm. Level three is a delivery hospital. So more micro preemies. Yeah. Just more preemie focused. And then if they need surgery, we would send them to a level four. So that's just where I feel the most comfortable. Um, and it was, yeah, it was a level three. So I liked that and they did some surgery. So it was like a, like GI surgery. So I liked that too, because I learned something new, like G-tubes, we had an ostomy, um, gastroschisis, different things like that. So I feel like I learned some things, but it was also in my comfort zone. Yeah. And the people there were so nice, and I felt 
like after a few months there, I felt like I was a part of the unit. So I could have definitely stayed there. They were very welcoming. What is a, what is considered a micro preemie? Micro preemie? Um, I think would just be anything less than, I think technically 30 weeks, 30 Mm -hmm. weeks and under. So 23 to 30. So they're just itty bitty and yeah, very, um, fragile and vulnerable. (laughs) little burrito babies. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what are some of your, uh, we're talking about travel nursing this whole episode, but I like, don't know anything about NICU. <laughs> we're going to have to have you on another episode so we can talk about NICU. But yeah, what definitely. are some of your favorite NICU patients? Um, I do like the, the little itty bitties, the best. I think they're the most fun to take care of. Um, Cause it's similar to not similar, but I, I don't know, in a way similar to like why you would want to go to ICU, you know, you want to take care of sick patients because yeah. of that, like adrenaline rush. So I think sure. those are the patients that would be like similar, more similar to an adult ICU mm-hmm. just because they're on drips on the vent, mm-hmm. different things like that. So I like that because you're, I don't know, doing more nursing tasks. Sure. Um, I mean, there's, there's so many different types of babies that or in the NICU, but, um, I do like the little ones for that reason. Um, and I like to teach parents and mm-hmm. how to take care of them. Cause it's so different than having a full term baby. I mean, yeah. 100% different. So I like that. Um, but we I do get, imagine. like yeah. thinking about your baby, you know, so much. And then like, yeah. you know, and you have just to like leave them there. completely going a different direction than, than you had anticipated. No one ever wants to come see us. It's like, sorry yeah. you're here. I mean, I love my job, but I'm sorry you're here. Um, yeah, because they have to leave their baby every day, you know, go yeah. home. And I don't even know how you would sleep wondering what's going on or how they're doing. Um, even the babies that are there for just a couple of days, like, it's just so difficult. But yeah. I love it. But, yeah, we get ba- we get full-term babies, too, you know, for, like, infection or respiratory distress, things like that. But okay. I think mostly, I would say the majority of the babies that come are, are premature. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. God, yeah. you said ventilator, and I was like, oh, my God, what does that look like? The little baby ventilator. Just a tiny little endo it. tube. It's, like, this big. <laughs> A chest tube looks like a Q-tip. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it's crazy. That's wild. Oh. Meanwhile, I'm... I go to adults and I'm like, everything's so big. Oh my yeah. god, <laughs> this is massive. Yeah, yeah, so scary. <laughs> oh gosh. Do you have any advice? We kind of talked about how like travelers that have a hard time transitioning in that first little bit, but do you have any advice for somebody who might be having a hard time transitioning into traveling? Like in those first few weeks of panic, they're like not doing this right at all. Maybe they made yeah. the wrong choice. Like, what do you, what do you have any advice for those people? Yeah, I think it's hard. I think I know some people who've given up, you know, they've even canceled their first contract because they weren't I think, I think just like the anxiety of it and it's a huge life shift and it's definitely not for everybody, but I think my advice would be to just give it a chance. Um, it's not permanent. It's three months. Usually it's usually 13 weeks. And I think, I think you can, I don't know. I think you can do it. Like, Mm -hmm. and if you hate it, you know, then you can go home after that. But I think giving it a fair chance and at least doing one full assignment. Yeah. Um, 
But there's so many different ways to make yourself feel more at home. I think like establishing a routine is huge. Like I joined a gym everywhere that I went, or I would have like an LA fitness and membership and they're pretty much everywhere. So doing that, like having your routine to make it feel more like kind of like you're at home Mm -hmm. Um, and meeting friends. I mean, a lot of the bigger units that I went to had other travelers and we always stuck together. And it's yeah. like instant friendship because you already have so much in common because, yeah. oh, we both went through the same thing. We both did this crazy like thing and we moved across the country and mm-hmm. want to go on a hike and let's exchange numbers. And I just think it's easy to make friends. Yeah. Um, I was at the, the one unit I was talking about that was 10 beds. I was the only traveler. So it was harder to make friends there, but mm. there's like Bumble BFF or the MedVenture app now. I think there's a lot of opportunities to meet people. Yeah. Um, so I think doing that, and I think part of being a traveler is putting yourself out of your comfort zone. Yeah. So it's it can be hard, and it's like, oh, I'm shy or I'm nervous. But the more you do things like that, the more you grow. And I feel like, at least for me, I feel like now I can I can do anything. Like I can I can move anywhere and be happy. I can figure mm-hmm. it out. I've mm-hmm. I figured it out so many different times before, and then in the hospital setting, like, do I know everything? Absolutely not. But you figure it out. Yeah. You know? And I feel like that confidence that comes with it, it's like, it's just so worth it. So stick it out mm-hmm. and just, and just do it. <laughs> yeah. I a hundred percent agree. I think that traveling boosted my confidence so much. Like, yeah. like there's so many, so many obstacles that I've overcome that I've like figured out, you know, how to do things and like, yeah. you know, a lot of times you do it on your own, you become like very autonomous and independent and, yeah, you know, it, those first few weeks are really hard, yeah. especially your very first assignment because you don't know how to go about all of this. But like, like you said, like make friends, you know, make the most of the assignment, like go do things in the area. Yeah. Like, Find new hobbies. Mm-hmm. There's so many, like depending on where you are, but like I took a surf lesson in Santa Barbara. Like go do that. Like go hike. Go to the national parks. Um, mm-hmm. Or if outside's not your thing, I don't know. I mean, I feel like there's just there's so many different things. Yeah, breweries, restaurants, food mm-hmm. scene. Yeah, as long as we're what... not in lockdown. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's food scene outdoors. But... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> take out. <laughs> <on beach. laughs> Yeah. Figuring out what your town is, is like best for, you know, what, what the city like does really well. You know, I feel like that's, that's the secret to having a really good experience is just like make the most of where you're going, you know, make friends, put yourself out there. You know, you're, you're going into different new circumstances as a traveler. So like, just fall into that, like, yeah, make sure make the best out of what, where you're at, what you're doing. Yeah. And I think like, um, if you're booking flights home every weekend or something like that, you're not going to make the most of it. But then I think on the other side of it too, like have your family come out, show them Mm -hmm. around your new place Mm -hmm. or your friends, like have people come and visit you and that can make it really fun too. Cause then you're sharing in all those great experiences together, like with the people that you love. So yeah. Then they yeah. have something to look forward to. And yeah, I think that it, yeah, it, it kind of boils down to what you want out of the assignment. Like, are you there just to make money? Like, 
Yeah. If true. that's true, then, you know, you just do your job and make that money and then go home. But like, right. if you're, if you're there to see new places and explore new things and, you know, make new friends, like launch yourself into that. Like, yeah, I agree. So we, we are similar in the fact that we have both kind of hung up our travel hats recently mm-hmm. in exchange for some stability. <laughs> How do you feel about leaving traveling for the time being? Are you like, what are, are you excited to be a permanent staff nurse? Are you, you know, like scared? Like, what are your thoughts about it? I think I have mixed emotions for sure. I definitely had one night where I had a few drinks and I cried (laughs) because I was like, oh my gosh, this has been my identity for three years. And it really is, yeah, it's your identity because you're, when you're at work, you're a nurse, but then on your days off, you're a travel nurse, like you're traveling, you're exploring. Mm. So I feel like my, that was my life, you know? Yeah. Um, so it is hard, um, in that way, but I think I am excited just to have some stability, um, mm. for the first time in a long time. Like I have my own house now and we're furnishing it with our own things yeah. Making it our own. Like we have our own bed now. I can't tell you how good that feels. <laughs> like, <laughs> like sleeping yeah. in other people's random beds for three years. It's just like, I mean, sometimes they're fine, but other times it's like very not, very not fine. <laughs> <laughs> I've stayed on an air mattress for three months once. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Really? Not very good. No, no, I would not problems. recommend. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> But I mean, um, you know, you can do it if you want, but you do. Yeah, yeah. You can do it. it is nice having your own stuff, like having yes. a apartment of, with all of my own belongings. It is. Yeah. Nice and just like not worrying, there. like, where am I going to go next? Where am I going to live? Like mm-hmm. I have to pack my stuff all up again. And it's, mm-hmm. it is stressful. I mean, you get used to it because it's your life. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, okay, every three months we're squeezing everything into the Subaru and yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, in a way you get used to it, but it never is fun. That that part is. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm relieved about that. And I'm excited to be at a staff job now too, because I think as much as I've learned traveling, I think, I don't know. I think I'm going to learn a lot as a staff nurse now too. Mm -hmm. Like as a traveler, like we talked about, I feel like I'm flexible, I'm adaptable. I've worked with tons of different people. Um, I've grown a lot as a nurse um, and I like communicating with parents, communicating with doctors, confidence mm-hmm. in myself and asking different questions. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how it is for, or how it was for you or how it is for like an adult travel nurse. But at least for me, I feel like they gave me a lot of like easier assignments or mm-hmm busier, like busy, easy. So like Mm -hmm. I'll have the most amount of patients, but they're all stable rather than getting the sickest. Sure. So, I mean, every once in a while I would, but I think I am a little bit out of practice with my like critical care Mm. skills. So I think I'm excited to get back to that and to feel really confident and then eventually be able to like teach newer nurses. Yes. Um, and kind of like go the education route and and just pursue different things. I mean, yeah. I don't think I'm done with traveling, but I mean, I might come back to it in a couple of years and take yeah. more assignments or just take trips. But yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I think I'm excited, but there's pros and cons again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
I think How do you feel I'm, about it? I'm excited to know a unit really, really well and yeah. like to be a resource for other people and yeah. to like know the policy really well. And cause I think that's sometimes the most frustrating thing I think about traveling is just not just kind of having like a superficial grasp on how everything works enough yeah. to do your job from day to day. And yeah. as opposed to like really understanding how everything works, um, that I feel like has been, has have been gratifying so far. Um, yeah. I mean, I actually switched, I switched acuities. I was a med surge traveler and now okay. I'm in the ICU. So like I'm learning a lot more now, but I mean, yeah. traveling just expedites your learning too. I mean, yeah. you probably see from different NICUs, you see different populations, you know, based on where you go and Very true. it just yeah. like makes you, it, you learn a ton too, while you're traveling. You do. I mean, you don't always stay in the same like as med surge, they like, you know, threw me into so many different types of, like, that's such a bucket of yeah, everything. <laughs> nursing. Yeah. All ages, yeah. all different kinds of illnesses. <laughs> right. You just have to know yeah. everything. Like you it's just fine. take four people. That's all yeah. you need to know, right? You just take You're four good. patients at a time. That's fine. <laughs> it doesn't matter what. Completely the... new charting system. Yeah. Don't know or anything. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'll manage. Like, yeah. I can figure it out. Yeah. But, yeah, it, it, it is bittersweet for sure. You know, I yes. loved that freedom and that autonomy and I'm definitely going to miss that. And I'm, like the identity, you're, you're so right. Mm -hmm. I mean, like I was so proud of being a travel nurse, you know, it was such a fun, fun job description yeah. and like being so interesting. able to move every three months. I mean, but I, yeah, it's a given, it's a give and take for sure. So yeah. I think we also like that door isn't completely closed, but at the same time, I'm like still allowing myself to like really like fall into this new job and like yeah. just kind of see, see where that takes, you know, I can see, I can see both paths. Like I can see myself like staying here for a really long time and yeah. being a resource and, you know, like maybe helping educate other nurses precepting them when I get confident, yeah. you know, but I also like in the back of my mind, love that travel, travel yeah. Avenue. So I know I wish I could like take an assignment for three months and then just go right back to the staff job without <laughs> losing the staff job. You know? Yeah. Yep. I but... Oh gosh. Yeah. Well, I think we are going to end it here. But okay. I am so happy that I could have you on today. This was an awesome conversation. Thank you for Thank talking you. to me about traveling. and Thank you so much. I really hope so fun. That, yeah, it was great. And I think that, that will, this will be really great for people that are interested in traveling or maybe just trying to find their footing, you know, getting tricks of the trade. Yeah, I hope everybody out there who is interested in becoming a travel nurse looks into it more and pursues it because... For me, it was the best thing I've ever done. It's I'm sure you feel the same way. It was the highlight of my career so far. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Anna. Well, we will talk to you soon. Thank you okay. so much. Sounds good. Bye. Bye. That brings us to the end of the show. Thanks for tuning in to Nursing Uncharted. To learn more about today's episode, make sure to explore the show notes at AmericanMobile.com slash Nursing Uncharted. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a guest. 
If you're a nurse interested in traveling, visit AmericanMobile.com to explore the largest database of travel nursing jobs in the industry and the amazing benefits that American Mobile has to offer. Also, a special thanks to producer Jonathan Carey, assistant producers Katie Schrauben and Sam McKay, and Aiden Dykes for the music and editing. Until next time, take care of yourself. Thank you.